This is The Oddball Show, a podcasting collaboration from J.P. Lamb Productions and Oddball Magazine. Hey everybody and uh, welcome to The Oddball Show. This is Jason Wright. I'm here with uh, a great guest, a guest that I never thought that I would have on the show before. Um, it shows that if you reach out to someone, maybe they will reach out back, even how busy they are. Um, so I have this great guest. Um, I read this book called Punk Science Inside the Mind of God. Uh, it's a book about quantum theory, and I really, really, really dug it. Um, it, it, it raised all sorts of questions about mental illness and quantum theory and uh, electromagnetism and uh, metacognition and uh, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, what else? I mean, so many things. Um, but the the theory was around something called the black hole principle, and I wanted to this uh, this to talk a little bit more about that. So I I asked the author to come on the show, um, Doctor Manjir Samantha Lawton. Hi, welcome Hi. to the Thanks for having me on. <laughs> How are you today? Happy Sunday. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um, if people are listening to this later, <laughs> we're living in these oh, yeah. strange times at the moment. But uh, yeah, I've yeah. had a good Sunday. Um, now, you are uh, currently over in UK right now, right? Yes, I'm over in the UK, which is where I have lived all my life, in fact. So I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm from Boston, so... Uh... I went to I went to um, I went to uh, London once. I got off of the the plane, and I just was curious to see how they said Worcester, because um, some people say Worcester or Gloucester, but in England they say Worcester. And the 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 guy the uh, the the um, uh, the guy the guy who was checking in, you know, the, the 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 customs guy said, "How do you say Worcester?" He said, "Worcester." I said, "Ah, all right." I say it like that too, because some people say Worcester. Oh, uh, um, so yeah. Uh, so what I invited you on the show because you have written an amazing book called Punk Science. Um, you wrote it. Uh, I mean, this is kind of from two thousand and eight, two thousand nine ish era. So it's kind of, kind of yeah, two thousand six. <laughs> but you decided to come on the show, and you've been doing a lot of cool things since, including now a thing called Punk Science TV. Um, so why don't we just talk a little bit, what is punk science? Punk science is a book that I have written and, um, it's really the spirit of science, you know, where you're really exploring no matter what the mainstream is saying. Um, you know, you can, science is really should be about the spirit of exploration, but because of political and financial pressures, it really isn't. So with punk science, it's about exploring the edges of reality, the edges of, of, um, what's going on without any limits. And if that ruffles feathers, then so be it, you know, as long as you're getting to the truth. And punk was a movement of mu- music in the 1970s. In um, it was it was a really big in the UK, but I mm-hmm. think you also had a US um, equivalent as well. And really, that energy was like cutting through what was there before. So it was with that spirit that I um, 
about punk science and, and you know the whole thing with the safety pin through the atom and everything that was a big similar punk so um yeah the whole book is about um pushing the boundaries of human thought and and what's possible so let's talk a little bit about that so uh we start the book starts with um it starts with a, a kind of a departure from reduction theory reductionist theory okay that's kind of uh, you know, it talks about Newtonian principles and reduction theory. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the difference between uh, well, well, what is reductionist theory or reduction theory, and um, what what is that philosophy? And well, what is that science, and and why are we going away from that now? Well, I uh, I'm actually a medical doctor by training, and uh, so it really is. Uh, brings that into sharp relief that the current scientific paradigm is one of reductionism because you know when you go to a doctor you go to one doctor for your, to look at your lungs and then another to look at your heart and um, so you've been reduced to um, your parts instead of looking at the whole so um, and that's what the current paradigm of reductionism is where um, everything that you can know about something you can learn by um, looking at all the parts and that's what the idea is but you know you know that you're not just your heart or just your lungs and you know if you were to take those parts and look at them separately you're not going to find out everything there is about your likes and dislikes and who you are as a person so that's the only thing that you can find out when you're all together as a whole um so there's been in medicine it made it very clear that um you know we're living in a paradigm of reductionism um so there's nothing that's sort of unifying the separate parts so that's where we are at the moment in reductionism and but there's sort of murmurs about moving on and one of those movements is like quantum theory and um all the wacky ideas that come out of that um so yeah that's that's that in a nutshell okay so now if you now if the old old school is reduction theory um is it reductionist theory reductionism theory or reduction theory reductionism okay reductionism then what we're moving towards quantum theory with um and uh with which was kind of uh einstein and hawking and um some of these guys that uh and um and string theory and things like that um can you tell me what what like you know now that we have um this new idea of uh of quantum theory what um what the purposes of, of how how can how can quantum theory um, help us in our in our in our health these days? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know that reductionist sort of sometimes called Newtonian um, perspective that everything is solid, the universe is clockwork, and you can understand everything by understanding its parts. It was really sort of. Um, upended by uh, first of all Albert Einstein when he brought out his theories at the beginning of the 20th century so one of the things that he did that was so radical is um, showed that there isn't a universal clock to the universe that there isn't this sort of time that's sort of ticking away and that time is different depending on how fast you're traveling and uh you know so how how fast you're traveling relative to something else 
So that was like the first real big um, sort of shake up of this reductionism and Newtonian kind of idea. And uh, then we're coming up to 100 years now of, of uh, quantum physics. And then when we looked into quantum physics, that's when, that, that's when it got really weird. Because as people started to look deeper into atoms, they found some strange behavior. And uh, in certain experiments, um, they, they found that atoms, uh, sort of subatomic particles, sorry, things like photons, um, actually behave differently, sometimes as, as a wave and sometimes as a particle, depending on whether we're, the way in which we're observing them. Um, so that's where things started to get really weird. So for the first time, uh, our consciousness, well, our, not, physicists probably wouldn't say our consciousness, but some do, but our observation um, has some sort of effect and bringing that uh, wave function, like the possibility of where that particle is, into uh, collapsing into where you know a point particle and, and saying okay that's where the particle is but that only happens when we're actually observing so that was kind of like really weird because we just before then just thought everything is made up of small billiard balls and um, that's what reality is so that's one of the first things that happened and then there's another kind of effect of quantum physics where things are sort of connected no matter the distance and things are connected across uh, barriers or, you know, two particles, but can be in two places at once. And we use these, uh, we use these effects every day in our, um, in our technology. Um, so it's a very successful theory, but it's also a very weird one from the perspective of science because it introduces a lot of strange ideas. Um, so yeah, that's when we really started to move on to a different era. Um, now, I, I, do you think that things started to uh, to pro progress uh, with uh, idea? Well, uh, I mean, did it progress with ideas like Schrodinger um, and his his cat theory about putting someone something in a box is either dead or it isn't? Um, was that kind of a uh, when when Schrodinger, when Schrodinger first put out that that theory? Was that considered really um, you know? Uh, punk science if you were, would say would you say that that was kind of fringe well it's interesting because uh, the people that were the proponents of um uh things like the copenhagen interpretation like niels bohr and heisenberg um it, there were people who i mean this this wasn't like most ideas this is something that was uh fought in universities and people were arguing about what the best idea was and uh, Schrodinger was actually taking the mickey when he came up with this idea because, you know, before, if you haven't, if things don't really sort of decide what they're doing before you've looked at it, before you've measured it, he, you know, it, it's kind of a strange idea. So the idea is that particles are in all states at once, like called superposition, until you've actually done this type of measurement. And, and then it sort of comes into the state. So Schrodinger actually was, it has this famous thought experiment where um, a cat is in a box and uh, there's a, a radioactive um, source that could end up releasing a poison. And uh, so, and that's kind of in a random pattern. So before you open the box, the idea is that you don't know if that cat is alive or dead. So the cat at that point is both alive and dead. So 
you know, Schrodinger actually did this as a bit of a um, taking the mickey, and it's ended up um, becoming so famous, which I'm sure he probably regretted. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but it also raises an interesting point, because where do these quantum effects actually end? Um, some people think they're just about really microscopic levels, but the more that we're doing experiments, the more we're realizing that, you know, we're getting to sort of quite large levels of, um, you know, of, of atomic uh, groups, such as, uh, I think somebody said buckyballs recently. So um, you can see this quantum effect. So at the moment, we don't really know where these quantum effects really stop. Um, so it's quite, quite interesting. But um, yeah, there was a lot of uh, uh, debate. Of course, Einstein didn't like uh, quantum physics. He said, um, famously said, uh, you know, in a letter, he kind of said, said God does not play dice with the universe. Yes, um, so he, he didn't like this right. at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Einstein was about, well, no, was it Hawking was about string theory or Einstein? Well, Einstein was about the, well, the theory of relativity, uh, which, um, which is, has to do with a lot of electromagnetism, correct? Um, well, Hawking actually was um, to do with, uh, came a lot later. Theory um, of everything. Einstein so came around in the 30s. Right, right, right. Yeah, so Stephen Hawking was uh, a lot later, and he was, right. uh, he's famous for something to do with black holes. Black holes and the theory of everything. Right, right. Or, or that he was trying to do the theory. He of was trying to do the theory. Oh, there's a lot of people trying to do the theory of everything. <laughs> well, well, that, well, we'll talk a little bit about the black hole principle because I mean, mm -hmm. black holes are fascinating, um, uh, you know. And I, I, I want to talk a little bit about Einstein and the theory of relativity. Maybe you could just kind of like tell tell people a little bit about that in case like your perspective of what it, what it is, and then let's talk about like the black hole principle, um, and then. Uh, we'll talk about the big crunch <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it so let's talk about um let's talk about the theory of relativity well as i said before the um yeah when the thing that einstein did that was so radical to move us out is this concept that um space and time are unified and effectively it's almost like what it did was going up a hill and saw you know if you if you like at a battlefield and you um, you don't know what's going on. Everybody is like fighting and you have no idea who's winning. Um, if you were to go up and stand on a hill and look down, you can see what's going on a lot more clearly. So it mathematically, it's kind of like you went up a hill and went, oh, space and time are united. Um, so, <laughs> so that means that, um, you know, it, what he... What I started to say is that um, the speed uh, speed limit of the universe of uh, is the speed of light, and uh, so everything is kind of relative to that speed of light, and uh, so you know so it, you can't go faster than the speed of light. So if you try and catch up with a photon, um, as you're catching up with a photon, you never will because you've become infinitely massive. Um, so, you know, he introduced these sorts of ideas that um, your reality is going to change depending on how fast you're going. So if you're going to, uh, you know, to try and catch, if, you, if it would ever be possible to catch up with a, um, a photon that's going really, really fast, like 300,000 kilometers per second. And uh, so, yeah, these sorts of ideas that he introduced. Um, so 
building on that, <laughs> um, I've, uh, you know, the the, uh, the black hole principle came through. Of course, Einstein also, um, it's really as a result of Einstein's theories that um, the concept of black holes came about in the first place. So would you like me to carry on about that? Or? Uh, of course, yes. Um, uh, so, so what I, I'm what I'm trying to find is I'm looking at your book right now because there's so much stuff. Okay, first of all, if you are listening, the book is called Punk Science. It's called Inside the Mind, Punk Science Inside the Mind of God. The author is Dr. Manjir Samantha Lofton, um, uh, and it is it, it is an incredible book that will really um, just. I don't know if you like if you like science, if you like quantum theory, if you like uh, thinking outside the box. I would say this is your book. Um, it really is a quality quality read. Um, it it talks about so much stuff, but one of the things that it did think that 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 was, uh, you know, I just I want to talk about the idea of you know, um, let's talk. Well, just. Why don't you put out your idea of the black hole principle for people? Tell them what you think, how it came to be, and 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 um and, and what you think, and and it's almost like the theory of everything. So, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for all the feedback about the book, by the way. Um, it's really sweet. <laughs> I, think it's I think it's a solid book. I honestly do. Um, I I, I read it. It is uh, three hundred pages. Uh, and 300 pages and change. It's very well well, well res, re, re, researched. Um, if you want to have fun with it, uh, read it with an Alexa next to you and be like, Alexa, what is metacognition? Alexa, what is this? Alexa, what is this? And and it will say it will say all all the all the stuff. Very cool. <laughs> is that you your Alexa, Alexa? now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Alexa's always <laughs> listening. Um, anyway, um, so I, I, I did. I listened. To, I listened to it. Um, I, I was just. I was just throwing out the names of the. I mean, uh, that thing that just that just that just uh, popped up when you just when I said that word. Very smart computer, and it it it's fun to read this book and then be like, blah blah blah. What does this mean? Blah blah blah. What does that mean? And it's really fun to read. That's um, brilliant. I've never yeah, heard of someone doing that before, but that's great. <laughs> it's a good idea. You just have it right, right. You know, what is this? What is that? You know, what you know? What is string theory? What is reductionist theory? What is Newtonian principles? You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, and it goes. Uh, I started. Oh, when you were talking about lasers and stuff, I was like, what is like singularity and lasers and all sorts of stuff. And then anyway. This book goes deep. <laughs> Would you say this book goes deeper than most science books, or is this book just deep to me because I'm an English major and I read things like Charles Bukowski? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I realized that I'd written it for um, – this is a lot of the research I did in my 20s and now my 40s. And um, yeah. so it was yeah. straight after, after medical school. And uh, I was like really, really steep myself in uh, this whole genre um, of, you know, consciousness uh, relating to science and everything. And um, so now I look back and say, gosh, is, you do need a little bit of a science education um, uh -huh. to, to follow it, you know. And uh, so, but my aim was to make it fun and to make it 
pretty simple to understand and that's what people come to me and say and it has um i'm just so one that it has won awards and uh so yeah um <laughs> and people have said like it's their favorite book because um they can understand it and that was one of the things that i really wanted to do i actually wanted to make it simple enough that doctors can understand it I, <laughs> medical I, I, doctors. If, if, if me who if i you know i'm a writer and a podcast host and someone who just spent six hours on a jigsaw puzzle putting together the uh putting together a puzzle of uh, american animal well actually world animals and then I was like, we're all connected. And then I have you on the show. And yes, if, if I can read it, then then anyone can read it. But then again, Dr. Mangier, I am kind of an intellectual. I just don't always, I, I process differently. So I kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I, mean? I think it, it's a bit of a, um, a, a, maybe like a high school education um, up to mm. about 16. If you've got a science up to about that age, you should be fine with it. And I've yeah. really tried to make it jargon-free as much as possible. Is this jargon just explain as much as possible um, so that people can access it and make it fun? You know, the whole punk thing is going to add the whole book as well. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> the whole thing about black holes is is um, completely and utterly... Uh, I, when I started writing the book, I didn't expect to do anything like this because, I mean, uh, as I said, I'm a, a medical doctor by training. And uh, ever since I was, you know, my mom is also a medical doctor. And it's really interesting because she wanted to be a physicist. And um, her mother said, no, you, you've got to be a doctor. So she just sort of listened to her mother. But, you know, that whole physics thing is, like, really strong in, like, her and, and some of my aunts, aunts as well, the mathematicians and engineers and people like that. So really highly educated family. And uh, so, yeah, it's quite interesting how that runs so strong. So um, I was really interested in quantum physics and things like that as a kid, but I wasn't very good at math. So I just thought I'm not going to be able to... Um, uh, to go into this field um so I did medicine and um yeah then I had this awakening experience in the first few weeks of med school and like I had this like a spiritual awakening and I was like oh my goodness Every, you know everything suddenly connected like I just was in the connection of everything and starting to realize that a lot of the science that I've read over the years and a lot of the cutting edge science that was coming out um, was uh, from the perspective that I had of this knowing that everything is connected. Um, I suddenly realized that um, it all makes sense. You know, it, the physics is explaining what mystics throughout the uh, years have, have experienced. Um, so I just was going to write a book about that, you know, really explain uh, very clearly. But I was also really interested in black holes. And um, so I was starting to, you know, this is back in the late 90s. I was doing a lot of the research. And in the late 90s, they the just was really starting this sort of telescope era and going into space and finding things that they weren't expecting. And one of those things is that when they looked at what the, what they thought were black holes, they were supposed to be black. You know, everybody knows that black holes are supposed to be gobbling up all this light. Um, when actually the black holes were extremely bright. 
and uh, so that was a bit, bit of a shock so they're actually sort of giving off lots of radiation um, often it's the form of two jets that are coming out either side of the black hole so if you've got the accretion disk um, going through the middle that's supposed to be everything falling down the plug hole then you've got these jets and um, it was when I was out walking in the woods that I suddenly realized everything sort of came together and um, I realized that black holes are not destructive they're actually creative and I saw this sort of it probably lasted about two seconds where it I would say I saw this vision but it was almost like I was in it um I wasn't just seeing something I was in the concept itself and uh that those few seconds really have directed the rest of my life so there was, it was such a download of information and I realized that we've got it all wrong that actually the um, black holes are at the center of all the galaxies. They're actually creative. And so what happens is you've got the same singularity or infinity at the center of the black hole. And most of the black hole is actually beyond the speed of light. So remember, we we're talking about Einstein said that was a limitation of the universe. Well, actually, most of it exists beyond the speed of light. So what happens is the infinite light at the center of a black hole as she spirals through all the di different dimensions beyond the speed of light, gets the edge of our dimension, which is at the speed of light, which I'm renaming the perception horizon because it's not the limitation of the universe. It's actually just a limitation of our normal perception. And when that light gets to that like speed of light barrier, when it slows down enough, um, the, the photon of light splits and it becomes matter and antimatter, so an electron and a positron, let's say. So these are sort of two particles that are mirror images of each other. And amazingly, that's what we see coming out of black holes at almost the speed of light. We see electrons coming out of black holes at, um, you know, just below the speed of light, like 98%, and they're slowing down. So it's the actual evidence is there as well. And most astroph astrophysicists can't figure out what's going on. Um, they think that what's happening is black holes are, ch ch you know, sort of taking in material like local stars and then burping it out, which is like, <laughs> which is really, really crazy. So, um, I think when scientists don't really know um, what's going on, they'll um, anthropomorphize something. <laughs> so, like a, a black hole is eating, gobbling, burping. Um, so you see that often. Um, but what I'm saying is that when you look at it the other way around and see that black holes are actually creative, um, it's you don't need any spectacular behavior. We now know that black holes are at the center of every single galaxy. They're not a fluke. And there's a one-to-one -one ratio between the size of the black hole and the size of the galaxy. You know, so the evidence is there. It must be something that um, they're not the end point of stars, which people think. Um, there must be something about black holes that is creating the galaxy. And the spiral form um, and the what's known as the phi ratio, the Fibonacci uh, sequence is mm -hmm. very key to creation as well. 
So that was the first part. <laughs> so I'm just checking in. It was that um, understandable. Is that? Um... Yeah. That, did you say the Fibonacci sequence or whatever that was at the at the last the last part right there? The yes, Fibonacci that's very yep. key. Yeah. Fibonacci is that it? Yeah. Um, okay. So all right. Okay, so keep on going. This is great. I, I love listening to this. I'm, um, I'm understand. I'm learning. I'm learning here. Um, uh, so there's a there's a no, there's a um, there's towards towards the end of the, the book, we start talking about some more stuff that was just really great. Um, um, you know, the big crunch. Can you explain the big crunch? Is basically the big crunch is the end, right? The end. It's just the end of the universe. Correct. Did I talk about the big crunch? What you were you talking about the big crunch? You're educating yeah. me now. So the so if we're looking, what did I say in the context of? You said that it starts <laughs> with a big bang and ends with a big crunch. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's the normal model of cosmology. Um, mm -hmm. the, the the standard model of cosmology is that you had this big bang and and then you had. Um, you know, for some reason, uh, antimatter is created in the early universe, and some for some reason we, um, it was annihilated by matter. It, it just there's all these, you know, particular conditions that have to be right in order for um, the universe as we see it now to exist. Um, so there's there's an awful lot going on. So people think that the universe is currently expanding and then it's probably going to contract and into a big crunch um i'm mm -hmm. not saying that i'm uh, saying that basically uh, every aspect of the universe is creative so if we take the idea that um the black holes at the center of every single galaxy are creative then what i'm also saying is that every single level of the universe behaves in the same way just at different levels so that yeah. sounds really nuts but when you look at the evidence it's pretty amazing so what we expect to see and i spent like 15 years now gathering the evidence and the data from the astrophysics um and so i'm not doing this astrophysics myself i'm just looking at what the astrophysics is physicists find and a lot of the time they don't understand why they're getting the results that they they're getting so um basically every single level done from a supermassive black hole all the way down to the quark actually behaves in the same way just at different um different scales so what we see when we let's look at for example a star so mm -hmm. um any kind of star you actually do see periodic ejections don't we the other thing about it is it goes the other way sorry what i forgot to mention is so that um that uh, photon gets to the edge of the um our reality to get to get to the speed of light the perception horizon and splits and that creates our world you know the matter mm. that creates our world or creates stars or whatever and uh, but the, it also breathes the other way so the two combine again and uh, the photon and the sorry the positron and the electron combine again to so the matter and antimatter which are mirror images of each other combine again and they form light 
mainly in the form of a gamma ray, which is just part of a really highly energetic part of the electromagnetic spe spectrum. But it also has other, uh, other aspects of radiation. Now, we mentioned Stephen Hawking um, you know, earlier. Now, he, his uh, idea about Hawking radiation, that's where it comes in. So basically, it's breathing. And we actually see uh, clouds of gas in near to our own Milky Way actually breathing. It's amazing. So um, what we should see, if I'm correct, is that at every single level, um, you should see periodic ejections of something, uh, charged particles, matter and antimatter, and maybe gamma rays cycling. And it depends on what level. So obviously, at the level of um, uh, uh, some of the lower levels, it's not quite as energetic, but we go all the way down. So in a star, that's what you see. You see neutrinos and antineutrinos that are cycling. You see uh, charged particles um, in terms of electrons as well. And what do we call these things? Coronal mass ejections, solar flares. They're just called different things, but this is the same principle. Then you go to the level of the planet. Um, so Mars has really been investigated at the moment. And you see, we didn't used to think there were active eruptions on Mars, but there are. So, um, you know, these are these periodic ejections. And then um, you also get these around, I mean, you can name all sorts of planets. There's so many um, where they found these periodic ejections. And Earth is a really good example. And uh, there's so much going on on our very planet that's black hole principle behavior. Good example is something that we probably see all around us all the time, and that is thunderstorms. And um, when uh, we started to look out into the Earth's upper atmosphere um, and look back on the Earth, we realized that gamma ray bursts exist in the Earth's upper atmosphere in thunderstorms. So, um, you know what else is found in thunderstorms? NASA found them in 2011. Um, what? Antimatter. Oh. So I wrote the book in 2005, it was published in 2006, and in 2011, NASA confirmed that and found antimatter in thunderstorms. So we're looking, if, with the black hole principle, we're looking for periodic ejections, we're looking for sometimes antimatter and matter being created. So in thunderstorms, the matter takes the form of fast-moving electrons, and um, those are more frequently called lightning. And so we're looking for, um, you know, so we've got uh, we've got fast moving electrons uh, just below the speed of light. That's called lightning. We've got antimatter coming out of um, thunderstorms. And we also have gamma ray bursts. So they're, they're called terrestrial gamma ray flashes when it comes to thunderstorms. Um, so even in our own Earth, we have the same principle playing out. And I was absolutely delighted when in 2018, um, we, the, we, they also found gamma ray bursts in hurricanes. So we mm. have the same sort of hurricane um, matter, antimatter, cycle happening, uh, same sort of black hole, sorry, her, um, matter, antimatter cycle happening and gamma ray burst too. So it's happening at every single level of reality. And, uh, you know, then you get that sort of breathing. So the other key thing in um, the thunderstorms 
is that thunderstorms also produce rain and um so i was like not sure if i should put it in the book because i didn't have enough evidence but um you know if i was to say without enough evidence i think black holes produce water um it probably would have it sort of derailed the whole thing but in 2011 nasa found the deepest reservoir of water in space and we have now seen that water is indeed ejected from black holes and uh, so it's the same pattern so the same pattern that's happening in thunderstorms above our heads are happening deep in space that's where all the water is coming from on all these planets we're now looking at these exoplanets and all these things we've even seen water being ejected from stars um, it's fascinating. It's yeah, <laughs> it's wow. the same principle. Once you know this principle, you can start to make predictions. So mm. you know, I'm predi- predicting now that we should be finding gamma rays coming out of volcanoes, because volcanoes mm. and things like this are just the same. We see lightning coming out of volcanoes. We should be able to see antimatter and some gamma rays. And so once you know the basic pattern, it becomes easy. You can predict that water's going to be on Mars. You can predict that these things are going to happen. So, um, yeah, so in terms of a theory of everything, it's like I don't think we're going to know ever everything about the universe, but I think this is the next level. Um, So I think humans just go from one level to another. It's one paradigm shift to another. And um, so what I'm doing is I'm accumulating this next level of um, astrophysics. In the, in the time that the book's been out, I've been, I've toured the world. I've gone to many different countries and universities and spoken about this. But the new findings that I've just been talking to you about um, that have been really in the last uh, 10 years, mm-hmm. um, I'm really accumulating a lot more evidence. Um, to the point where it's now solving a lot of the problems that the astrophysicists are going through. Like, you know, why are we finding all this weird stuff coming out of comets? Why, 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 I was in a, I'm lucky to live near one of the biggest space centers in the world. And uh, sometimes they open up um, the lectures to the public. So I, I go down there. And the other day I went down and they were talking about um, the asteroid Bennu. And at the moment, they're sort of trying to examine this asteroid. And they said, hmm, and the strange thing is, it keeps doing these strange ejections. And we don't know. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there going, well, I know. <laughs> so, you know, it answers a lot of questions like, why is it that things periodically get brighter and then darker? And why are there fast radio bursts? Why are there, um, you know, why do we see so much water in space? And and there's just so many different things that once you know the basic pattern, it really becomes <laughs> much easier to understand. Um, so, Dr. Manager, can we take a quick break to see what's going on with Oddball Magazine? And then we'll talk more about uh, punk science, and we'll get into some of the more uh, think the you know the fascinating things I thought about the links between. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, mental health and, um, the, you know, all those kind of things. Let's, let's talk about that. Um, I'll be right. Uh, we'll be right back with, uh, Dr. Mangier, Samantha Love. Hey there, all you mammals and Martians. This is Prof from the Oddball Show. 
If you've been tuning into our preposterous podcast and like what you've been hearing, why not pop over to iTunes and leave us a review? iTunes not your thing? Well, then come on over and follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Buzzsprout. Learn more about who we are at oddballmagazine.com and jplineproductions.com. Link up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us a tasteful yet inspiring postcard, or just give us a holler in your nearest CB radio, good buddy. On behalf of Jason Wright and myself, thanks for listening to The Oddball Show, and stay tuned. Well, I hope, you're, uh, I hope you guys are really enjoying this, uh, this uh, podcast. I'm really happy that Dr. Mangier would come on the show and uh, talk about uh, her book, Punk Science. Um, I did write um, Jagged Thought 313, a review of Punk Science, and um, I can't believe I actually am talking to her about it right now. Um, so uh, if you want to ch- check out my, my, my theory of uh, uh, my review of Punk Science, you can check that out um, at oddballmagazine.com. Um, so, so Oddball Show listeners, you know this is uh, this is Jason Wright from Oddball Magazine. You can check us out at oddballmagazine.com. Uh, we are poetry, art, and entertainment for the masses. Um, uh, you know um, a little bit about us. Um, since well, let's see. Uh, Monday we had two comic strips. We had the uh, we had the odds, and we had. Um, the Secrets of Skinny People uh, by Jeffrey Fallon. Uh, one is talking about, they're both talking about COVID-19 and kind of the outbreak in, in, a, in a funny kind of way. Um, and then there's a great poem by Carrie, Gary Beck with a photography by Charles J. March. Um, you have My Review of Lilith by J.R. Salamanca. Um, great book, I don't know. Uh, Dr. Manjir, you ever read that book? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a solid <laughs> book. 1960s, 1950s. Solid book, um, and then um, then Thomas Gagnon reviewed um, real. Uh, he he did his uh, real talk, and and uh, Doctor Mangier, what real talk is is um, it's a uh, he writes a, a review of a movie that was made into a from a book made into a movie. So maybe one day he'll be reviewing Punk Science. Um, so uh, sort of, uh, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, he did a, a thing about uh, on the Orient Express. Um, Murder on the Orient Express, and he he did the uh, Agatha Christie versus um, the the new one with Kenneth Branagh. No, I mean, uh, not not bad, um, not not a bad, uh, um, not a bad rendition. But yeah, the, the I don't know. I I read it and seen the both the book and the movie, and I thought that the book was better. Usually it is, but uh, and then on April first we had uh, we had photography by Louis uh, Lazaro Tyrina. Uh, with uh, a poem by Alan Ashley. Uh, then we had the two poems by Linda uh, Linda Crate on April first, with some really great uh, uh, social distancing art by Eric N. Peterson. Uh, then we had James Van Loy on Thursday, which all one thing, his political poetry. Then we had Liza Zayas, the underground uh, artist, uh, talking about um, uh, poetry and uh, the musings of a househead. And then we had Janet Cormier. Um, and uh, of course, Bruce Wise. So um, that's sort of what was the week was like. You can check out our last podcast. It was um, well, we had a couple on online. We've done the Oddball Magazine presents online recently uh, on Zoom uh, on Facebook. We also did um, we interviewed uh, Rich Mackin, and um, after I had already interviewed Rich Mackin, Rick Ma- Rich Mackin's podcast will be out on Monday. Before that, uh, we had. Uh, Michelle Hammer of Schizophrenic NYC. 
um, great clothing line, um, great, great initiative, doing really great things for um, advocacy work. Um, and uh, she was, uh, she, you can see her podcast there currently. Um, yeah, on the website, you know, brand new website, the shop's up, everything's cool. We got new t-shirts, hats, everything. Um, you can check out all our podcasts right here. You can check out all the podcasts on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes. You can check it out here on Spotify, or you can move to, uh, you know, you follow us on Apple, um, Apple uh, Podcasts as well. Uh, I don't know, if you want to contact us, you can just contact us at editors at audiblemagazine.com for any reason, you know. Um, you know, check out our bookshelf. We have punk science on the bookshelf as well as other uh, books from Henry Rollins and people that I, you know, books that I like and also local poets and things like that. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit what's going on with us. Um, in the future, um, we're looking forward to um, this podcast. Hopefully, um, we'll talk with Dr. Mangier about um, a collaboration uh, where she might um, put some of her stuff on Oddball Magazine. Um, and that would be really great. Uh, so we could, uh, have that punk science, um, TV that she does. We would just kind of put it on there. Um, I'll talk to her about it. Uh, um, hopefully she'll be into it. Uh, she's actually, I'm I'm actually forgetting that I'm interviewing her right now. (laughs) Sorry, uh, Dr. Magier. I know I, 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 I'm just, this is, uh, Thank you for uh, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, and so if you um, are listening to this podcast, leave us a review. Go check out uh, Punk Science, um, Dr. Mangia Samantha uh, Lofton. Uh, I, uh, she is, uh, you know, this is an incredible um, book, and you got to check it out. It's on our bookshelf. Anyway, we'll be right back with Dr. Mangier, and we'll uh, we'll see what else is going on in the world of punk science. We'll be right back. Hey there, all you mammals and Martians. This is Prof from The Oddball Show. If you've been tuning into our preposterous podcast and like what you've been hearing, why not pop over to iTunes and leave us a review? iTunes not your thing? Well, then come on over and follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Buzzsprout. Learn more about who we are at oddballmagazine.com and jplineproductions.com. Link up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us a tasteful yet inspiring postcard, or just give us a holler in your nearest CB radio, good buddy. On behalf of Jason Wright and myself, thanks for listening to The Oddball Show, and stay tuned. And we're back with Dr. Mangier. Um, So... Dr. Mangier, um, now that we talked a little bit about punk science, can we talk about the um, the, the the thing that I you wrote about um, mental Ill, mental health and um, how it's related to uh, through cell formation and mental illness to sunspots, the origins of life? Why did you decide to talk about mental illness in in the um, not mental illness? I, I like to reframe it as mental health diagnosis, wellness, whatever. But is there a link between, you know, the cosmos and mental health at all? Is, is this a possibility? Well, that's a, that's a big question. And we're, as I said, um, what I'm saying is that the same pattern of reality is going to every single level. Um, so 
And at the beginning, I was talking about how quantum physicists discovered that we are interacting with our, um, our reality and the experiments that they were doing. And these are called the double slit experiments, and they're some of the most successful experiments ever in, in, in science. And uh, so it seems that this is the nature of reality. So from there, some quantum physicists have concluded that there's something about observation that must be fundamental. And what do we need for observation? We need consciousness. We need a consciousness, conscious entity. Well, some people would agree that, some people would dispute that. Um, but anyway, some some physicists like Elizabeth Rocha, who a lovely lady who sadly passed away a couple of years ago. Um, so she was at Caltech and she started something called the Consciousness Research Group. Um, and so this group of physicists were looking at what are the implications of this um, of this quantum physics that says that you know we have to observe something for it to become reality. And uh, so they realized that if you just make everything consciousness, then um, you solve the problem. So matter comes from consciousness and not the other way around. So when you see it in the black hole sense, then everything beyond, uh, well, everything is consciousness and it's beyond the speed of light or these higher dimensions. So string theory and theories like that talk about many dimensions of the universe. So really you're ending up with a universe of many dimensions of consciousness and everything is linked um, at a deep level, which is what quantum physics and non-locality and that side of things has revealed to us. So again, these are experiments that show that particles are connected no matter the distance. They're connected across all uni the whole universe instantaneously. Once you paired them experimentally, then you can actually um, you know, have one particle in superpositions. Super Remember that everything at once the cat is both alive and dead at the same time so until you look at it you don't know what the spin is but if those particles are paired then the spin of say the spin of one is say say it's going up um then the other one must be down but until you look at it it's in all states it's both up and down and so it's only when you measure it that that particle ends up you know, um, you can, it, it ends up being up. No, it wasn't up and you just didn't know. It was in all states at once. It was the act of measuring that put it into a certain spin. So the spooky thing is the other particle that you haven't interacted with ended up spinning down. And it knew that instantaneously across the universe. Um, and that's what Einstein calls spooky action at a distance. He didn't like it. So you've got this universe that is now fundamentally consciousness got many dimensions we have that from string theory and um, it's also deeply connected um, so David Bohm um, called it the um, implicate order that deep to everything everything is united so um, where does mental health come into it then well what I'm saying is punk, in punk science and please do not take this as any kind of medical advice at all um, but I'm saying that maybe some of the experiences of um, psychiatric illness, well, you say psychiatric, um, say call it conditions, you know, are because people's consciousness are entering into different realms. And um, having 
worked as a medical doctor, I know that a lot of the theories around some illnesses, uh, some conditions in psychiatry, they haven't got definite um, evidence that this is what it is. Like, you know, some of these conditions, you can't just take a blood test or look at a particular gene and say that's definitely that person has X. Um, it's it's kind of like um, looking at a big picture of that person and saying it seems that they have this condition or that condition. So what I'm saying is it's, it's the consciousness itself that is maybe um, going a bit too far into these dimensions of consciousness, like higher dimensions, and becoming a bit lost, a bit lost in the unity. So hence, somebody would think everything is about me because they're so in the unity, they're not grounded enough. They're so in the unity that they think everyone's talking about them. And that's, of course, things like paranoia. Um, they can hear frequencies on the radio that's supposed to be about them. They can maybe even, because there's many different dimensions of consciousness and in these different dimensions are different aspects of consciousness. And in the old days, we used to talk, talk about them being entities and things like that but that you know you can have angels you can have spirit guides you, all of this is possible when you realize that everything is consciousness and um so all the sort of alien alien experiences people have that becomes possible too um so it's not that these people are making it up it's that our science has not understood that it already has the tools to explain all these things um, and, you know, there's nothing, no such thing as scientific proof. So I'm not saying this is scientific proof. I'm saying, isn't it interesting that we have this idea from quantum physics, some quantum physicists, that consciousness is fundamental. And then you have this idea from string theory that you have many different dimensions. So what I'm saying is certain mental um, conditions, maybe somebody's gone a bit too far into the oneness and um, has failed to remain grounded, so they've gone, they've shifted up too many frequencies. Um, and, you know, in terms of the, um, I think I, I was talking in the book about uh, the sunspots and things affecting mm -hmm. things like epilepsy. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because, you know, I've been, a, like, I've worked in an emergency room and uh, in with children's health and everything. And uh, so I've seen a lot of patients, you know, before and after they've had an epileptic fit. And um, there's something that's, you know, known as an aura, something that can come over them just before they're about to have a fit and um, they do sometimes report that some strange sensations and uh, strange visions and things like that it is quite interesting but if you look at what kind of happens in the brain you're getting this strong electrical activity um, so what I thought was maybe this is kind of like a black hole principle ejection in the brain because if it's happening at every single level so what you're getting is a periodic a release of electrons from the brain itself, just like in a black hole, just like in a, a star, just like in a planet. Um, you know, we have these two bipolar jets in our own planet. We call them the um, 
Aurora Borealis and the Aurora Australis. They come out, the bipolar jets, at the same time, and they're periodic. So, you know, it's happening at our planetary level, and it could be, could be also happening in the brain. And do you remember I said everything is connected? Well, every single breath of every single black hole affects every single other one. So maybe some sunspot is happening, and uh, that has an effect on, um, you know, the amount of people who have epileptic fits that day. So some preliminary work has been done to show that there is kind of a connection. I think a lot more work has to be done in this sort of area um, before we're to say that there's definitely a conclusion there. But it was something I was just putting forward as perhaps an idea. Um, but I think there's there's not enough studies in in that area to really say for sure that there's a connection. I think it's a phenomenal idea. Like a, 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 if you if you've ever had a manic episode, if you've ever had um, something where you've had an altered state or you had uh, something that was unreal, um, what you said about frequencies made so much sense to me about someone who is out out of their frequency, and that I could relate to that because that's how I feel sometimes um, when I've, I feel I call it a mind field sometimes that sometimes everyone's on like such a, like a, a level that everyone can hear. Um, like, you know, it's called thought broadcasting. It's a, it's a thing where you can, you know, one thought can go from another person to another person and they can hear it. It's usually a very embarrassing thing that happens. Uh, it's kind of a cause of anxiety and, and then a, it's a compounding trauma, which is, the other thing that we haven't talked about, but um, it, it, I mean, we're talking about uh, you know the cosmos and stuff, but you know, a lot of mental health comes from trauma, right? But those traumas that we speak of, those are realities that we've experienced, and and that, like, when you said the thing about someone thinking about the the frequencies being out of line or not being in touch with, uh, you know, uh, you know, just like being grounded in reality and and things, you know. How can you not, how can you like discount? I mean, like, how can anyone discount anyone's reality, right? When you were saying the things about, um, you know, um, you know, all, the different experiences that someone might have, um, if if everything is related, right? If everything is related, and we're all sort of, if the if this is all universal, that we're all just one, right? That means whatever. That means then why can't why can't like my um why can't my experiences be validated that that they are real um uh you know and that it could be a cosmic thing or something i mean why do you think people meditate and stuff they want to try and get on a certain higher level of frequency that's why they have those higher level frequency um you know you can listen to binaural beat binaural beats and things like that and mm-hmm. raise your frequencies uh dr manager why do people rate why do people use binaural beats to raise their frequencies i guess that's a question i might ask you if well, you know it's it's interesting i had a friend who um did hooked herself who she was um a new uh neurologist no she wasn't a neurologist but uh, she had a phd in um uh neuroscience and uh, so she was doing like eeg feedback um, and uh, therapy, and she hooked herself up when she was doing uh, Kundalini meditation, and the frequencies were just every time they were just going off the charts, and uh, so we know that this sort of thing is 
it's not the brain doing it, it's reflected in the brain. It's the consciousness moving and the brain reflects it because what is activating the brain? You know, so it's the consciousness itself that's doing this. Um, but it's interesting what you said about the trauma. I totally agree. And uh, one of the things that I did include in the book, which is, as it, is I think one of the most important principles when we're talking about this is the example that Carl Jung um, had of a severely traumatized patient, a woman who had been subject to all sorts of abuse and she just had become catatonic and had gone really off to her own plane of existence in consciousness. And by doing lots of therapy, she was able to come back and live a normal life because she had just, her consciousness had jumped out. And um, so through the trauma, well, why wouldn't you? You'd go, I don't want to be here. And um, so, you know, a lot of this post-traumatic stress is our consciousness sort of almost exiting our body and uh, having to do the work of, of you know, the, sh the shamans call it soul retrieval, um, where you um, actually try and resolve some of this, this emotional traumas to the point where you can bring that person back. Um, so, you know, there, there are these aspects, and like you said, um, the science is, I had this conversation with a few physicists, as I said, I've, I've traveled the world now and, um, you know, <laughs> met quite a lot of people. And uh, so one of the things that I've said is like, um, the first thing about science is observation. The scientific method starts with observation. So if you are observing, like a child is observing, like um, before it's told to shut all this down, like an aura around people, um, that is an observation and uh, it may not be this type of observation that a lot of people have but that's their reality and um, so when you have an observation you can then make a hypothesis well I think this aura I see around people may be x and then you test the hypothesis but it's it's absolutely valid to say that your observation is um is something that can be you know put to the test it may not be able to you may not be successful but I mean start with the observation that is the scientific method and you know the example that I gave in terms of mental health as well as the quote from the uh, a beautiful mind of the Ooh, John that right now, <laughs> yeah and the fact that he felt that these people that were talking to him uh, the mathematician John Nash who uh, the, there was a film made about him as well was just as real as all the science uh, the, the mathematics ideas he was getting um yeah. so you know we've got to start saying that stop saying that something is more real or less real because it depends on what level of consciousness you're talking about um so maybe people aren't as grounded that they can't function and they put it to and the head of the spiritual division of the Royal College of Psychiatrists, who was, which was actually set up by Prince Charles, of all people. And um, I said, what is the difference? And he said, well, just a rule of thumb, it's um, spirituality is where it's not causing a problem. Um, you know, uh, where, where uh, you might have a mental health condition is like when it is causing a problem in your life. So there's different levels of consciousness. And sometimes it means to it can lead to a lack of functioning in that person and mm -hmm. sometimes not. 
So, um, you know, we if we start to open up and realize that it's our consciousness that's doing that, and I've been through the medical profession, so I know that there, um, there's not a lot of backing for um, some of these conditions. You know, there's, as I said, there's not this diagnostic, diagnostic blood test in a lot of cases where you go, yes, I know, you know, <laughs> that this, this, they've got this in their blood, therefore they've got this condition. Mm-hmm. Um, So, you know, we still, it's, I've been, you know, seeing the wizard behind the (laughs) the machine. So I know that I'm not, not, um, you know, dismissing the field of psychiatry, but it's just that from my position, I I know that there's not all that much what you might call hard science behind it. So, um, you know, this could be a new way of thinking about it, that, that we're just accessing different levels of consciousness. Doesn't mean that our pharmaceutical agents aren't helpful at times. They could be. They could be the thing that's going to save that person's life so that they can get on with the therapy. Um, you know, so I'm not throwing everything out, but um, yeah, it's a new way of thinking about it. Once you start to see the the implications of quantum physics, and a lot of doctors don't. They don't think anything more than a molecule. Um, so they don't think anything below the molecule, but molecules are made of atoms. Atoms are made up of a lot of crazy stuff that quantum physics has come out with. And fundamentally, uh, all you can say about uh, reality, at the deep level is, uh, you know, some people just say it's information. Reality yeah. is just made up of information. So that's more, the more mainstream way of saying it. And other physicists say it's consciousness. Um, so that kind of, you know, is associated in some people's minds with the brain. So some people don't use that word, but um, yeah, it just it solves a lot of uh, conundrums. Dr. Majir, is, is consciousness just a, a, another way of being aware or awareness of being kind of thing? So when I'm discussing consciousness, I'm not talking about our individual consciousness where um, we like, oh, I walk into a room and I see this situation and you walk into a room and you see this situation. Therefore, my consciousness is fundamental. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm saying that consciousness is like a like Amit Goswami, the physicist, says it's the ground of all being. So mm-hmm. it's from that sort of, you can't even say substrate because it gives rise to everything. It's from that ground of all being that everything else comes. And that's also Stephen Hawkins' former student, Peter Russell says that, uh, Fred Allen Wolf, as I said, Elizabeth Rush, set up the Consciousness Research Group. So you've got a small number of physicists um, who have this viewpoint. And um, so it's not, I'm not talking about our individual consciousness. And sometimes that is mistaken in people's minds um, that I'm, I'm saying that. So, you know, my perception of, of the room is all that matters. Um, mm. That is kind of like a, a field that psychology goes down, um, mm-hmm. a road that psychology goes down, but that's not what I'm saying in this case. I'm saying about the nature of reality, that consciousness is the ground of all being. If you don't like the term consciousness, you may be uh, more comfortable with just saying information. 
is mm. is the ground. But you know, what the point is is that reality is not solid. It's not fixed, and that's what we know from what is seen as the hardest science that we have, and that's physics. Um, so Luke quantum gravity says that, quantum physics says that. So we have these theories in physics that are saying reality is not solid, it's not fixed, it's more, it's weirder and more nebulous than um, than we see at the macroscopic level. You know, Ooh. so, um, yeah, so it has implications for a lot of things, including um, mental health, how we understand that and um biology in general how um evolution got to be in such a really short space of time how we got these coherent um you know sort of molecules like dna rna proteins and uh you know that apparently came together through random collisions to make these extraordinary um coherent molecules that are just you know, just a few molecules out of place and, and you haven't got the same, You ha- life isn't possible. So, um, you know, how did all that happen? So I also go into that in the book as well. So how do dumb molecules know what to do? Is there an intelligence that's imbued into everything? Dr. Medjir, can you kind of try and explain in um, using the idea of consciousness, the idea of hearing voices or the idea of thought broadcasting? So in terms of, well, anyone can actually tune into different levels of consciousness. And um, as I said earlier, that once you accept that there are different dimensions of consciousness and different frequencies, then we are a bit like uh, radio receivers and we can actually tune into these different frequencies. Um, these episodes have been happening for many years. Where they're called the mystics, the seers. I mean, if you go to any any community in the world, I get in any era, I guarantee you, you will find a psychic person or a shaman or medicine person who is going into altered states and appears to be bringing through messages from disincarnate beings. Um, I don't care which era you're in, you will find it, um, because it's such a universal thing. It's it's something that um, anyone can develop, but we know that there are people throughout history who um, can tune into these different realities. So, um, you know, when, when it comes to, I, I don't want to, you know, sort of get into a place where, you know, people might get a, a bit freaked out, but the possibility is that there could be things that, are like in these dimensions that may be talking to people that uh, the people who are um in certain conditions can actually tune into these different frequencies mm-hmm. what i found is really helpful for that is exactly what you said earlier to um to actually heal the trauma of childhood and all these things is uh, if you can, that's the best remedy to bring that person out of those frequencies that they may be finding disturbing. Um, so absolutely, all this sort of thought broadcasting and and um, uh, like tuning into you know the whole idea of hearing voices and things. Um, maybe in some cases there is something going on that. Um, and as you said, why is that person's reality any less valid? Um, so yeah, absolutely yeah. yes yes thank you thank you for 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 affirming that that 
that's uh that's that, now that that's just in, incredible to think um now you were talking about and I, I know like just you were talking about trauma in the body how is how do people heal that trauma out of the body do you know um there was there were so many methods um really excellent how do you use like cos, cosmology or consciousness or whatever to heal the trauma and is it is it through talking it out is it through meditation is it through through what 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 is it to to you said something about a soul cleanse or something like that what what is that exactly oh did i talk about um the main um method that i think is really important is to the to actually bring that situation that has caused the trauma into balance so the consciousness of the person is has gone into a polar situation where they are in a lot of judgment of that situation say something has happened to them in the past and so in an unhealed state they are looking at that situation with a lot of charge a lot of gravity a lot of um polarity about that situation um and so it's not about forgiving the person or the you know whatever's gone on and that's where a lot of people make mistakes they try and let that person off the hook and that's very difficult to do because you feel like you're being a bit of a as we say in england muggins where you're, you know, you're allowing yourself to be open up to that abuse again. Um, what you, what needs to happen, and lots of methods can do this. Sometimes talking therapy, um, sometimes Reiki, you know, whatever is going to get their NLP. Um, what you you need to do is to make that. It's akin to bringing an electron and a positron back into light again. So your life is like. A black hole principle as well where you go from polar situation to polar situation and your job in each situation obviously some uh, it's some situations are more extreme more dramatic than others but your job in each situation is to see what the mirror is what the um what the the lesson is what the and to not heal not forgive the person but understand where it is that the situation was healed all along so mm. you know someone i don't do this work so much myself but someone who um does work like this and does things like this is dr john Martini. so he gave this ex- example where a woman was like very traumatized for, by an event that happened to her and um as a result of that event she ended up um creating a charity for example or helping lots of people and she ended up weeping with gratitude that that event had happened to her because otherwise all these other things wouldn't have happened to her that's when you get to a kind of zero point it can take a lot of work and I'm not diminishing that um Mm. but you know when you get to that zero point where you go oh my goodness I'm I'm so grateful for this happening to me and you you know that's and often it's it doesn't mean that it's completely gone away overnight, but you get to that level where you start to forgive the situation. What you've done effectively is bring the positron and electron of your own emotions and bring them together and they come together back together into light. 
and our life is really just a series of that where you have one polar situation after another and you you get the message you get that aha moment and um so yeah it can it can play out in your own life so when it comes to severe trauma um there are many methods and sometimes the traditional talking counseling will will get to that place but that's the place that you have to get if you're just talking about things and maintaining the polarity that's not going to get you to that forgiveness place if you are talking about things and actually helping and being assisted in getting to that and you can do this on your own but you can also do this with assistance there's lots of different therapies nlp is another one as i mentioned i do multi-dimensional consultations as well where you know i do this sort of work and help people to understand where um that uh you know middle point is um mm -hmm. so but there's there's just so many i mean it might just be spontaneous you might not have to do anything um you just get that aha moment completely spontaneously um so i do talk about this a lot more in in my uh, second point the genius group of um how to heal the emotions um but um yeah and and that and when we're talking about extreme cases um you know there, there might be a lot more involved to get you to that place but um the principle is the same so so dr Major, um thank you um fantastic for uh for uh that last part um i mean everything uh you just said you offered consultations um what what is that um you know in case our listeners are listening and they want to talk to you more about um healing trauma yeah absolutely i um what i i trained 20 years ago in something called bioenergy therapy and um what i've done now is i've taken that remote and online um so i get on uh people get on a zoom call with me and um First of all, I just sort of listen to what's going on. And then, you know, if they were with me, I'd start waving my hands about and start to correct their energy field. But I've learned how to do this remotely. And through that, I can pick up on um, sort of childhood traumas, past lives, other dimensional aspects to them and all this sort of stuff. And we use these principles, the black hole principles, to... Um, to start to bring all this together, any sort of trauma or anything, anything that's sort of holding back. Um, sometimes it can be um, because, you know, at some level, time doesn't exist. You know, so, um, you know, if you believe consciousness is fundamental, that then your consciousness can go throughout different times as well. <laughs> so um, sometimes it's uh, what traditionally is called past lives. Um, whether it is or not, whether you can find that person on the birth register from way back when it doesn't really matter what matters is the actual story resonates and helps somebody to move on um so that's the sort of work that uh, we do so you can ha have a look at that as if you go to dr manji like dr manji or one word.com forward slash md um you can uh, have a look at that and uh, find out more about what that that process is all about Wow, that that sounds like something that I I think that I would uh, I would be able to uh, I think I would benefit from that I I I feel like I have tons of um, unresolved trauma so uh, I think that I will um, I will take you up on that um, 
for sure. Now, what is NRP? In what context? <laughs> you just said, you said Dr. John Martini came up with something called NRP. Um, so he was, oh, NLP, right, okay, that's, NLP. um, yeah, Neuro Linguistic Programming, um, oh. so that was, I'm not sure if, uh, John Martini does that, actually. Oh, no, you um, said he does something, you said he does something about He does about something it. called the Quantum Collapse Process. Quantum collapse um, process. he might call it something different now, but he was, um, he basically came up with this concept that if you look at it, it's actually the black hole principle. Um, but it was, it's this sense that whatever anything's happening, although we see, and that's our human experience, we see something bad or something good. Actually, everything is in equilibrium. Um, and when I heard that uh, back in 2002, I just sort of went, that that's it, that guy has got it. And it's only later when I came through with the the black hole principle that I realized why that's correct because the whole world is whole universe works like that that it goes from spirals through from polarity to light from polarity to light so um I think that's what he calls it now the quantum collapse process he used to call it that definitely recommend his books and um also uh neuro-linguistic programming was just one of the therapies that is quite common um, around the world, you probably can find uh, a local practitioner in your part of the world. Um, and uh, so one good one in, in England is, is a guy called Terry Elston. Um, so, yeah, and then there's a lot of people around who've trained in neurolinguistic programming, timeline therapy and hypnotherapy. They usually train in all three. And these sorts of therapies can help you to resolve, um, like uh, resolve some emotions um, in your life as well. So th there's just there's a variety of ways. Um, Incredible, so. and and, and th these 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 some of these methods are alternative to medications that could could help someone with mental health issues who 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 just wants to resolve trauma without medications or try something even if they are on medications just try something with you know different trauma um, different trauma. Uh, techniques you know yes exactly uh, it, the medications can help as i said they can be absolutely yeah. life life-saving at times yeah. and then you know if you use it in uh, adjunct to what your doctor is telling you um you know just uh, this this is all ways that you can help yourself wow incredible um so once one more time can you just uh well let me let me do a couple plugs for you the book is Punk Science. The other book is um, the 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 Groove Theory. No, not the Groove Theory. I like the, the Groove, the Genius Groove. <laughs> the Genius Groove. The Genius Groove. The Genius Groove. It talks more. I got to read the Genius Groove. I'm I'm gonna get that one. Uh, is, is that one available? Where, can you get that on Amazon or can you get that at Barnes and Noble or? Yes, um, you can get that on Amazon. Yeah. Can you get it on your website? Um, I don't sell it through my website, but I direct people to Amazon. So okay, I'm gonna have to check out that book, um, the Genius Groove. Is that kind of um, a continuation of Punk Science? Does it talk about um, the black hole principle, or does it go on to something else? Yes, it does. It explains it more um, in more detail about um, how it, the black hole principle can help you in your day to day life, your emotions, um, how to 
move into a deeper reality. Um, so that that's yeah, that's what the the I've also got a course um out called Simply Divine. So if people want you know, book reading is not for you and you want to have a full course on this and exercises and things like that. Um, so that's drmanjia.com forward slash SD. Um, so um, that's uh, simply, if you go to my website and just have a look around, you'll find all of these things. Um, so that's simply divine. So if you want, and then you'll also be supported by me for a year in the Conscious Science Club. Um, so you'll get a year's uh, Conscious Science Club for free with that as well so that's where we meet um, on a monthly basis and there's discussions people from all around the world um, we actually all met up in person which sadly we can't do at the moment but um, in September of last year and it was great people getting from New Zealand New York you know it was absolutely fantastic we all met um, in England and uh, had a great time went really deeper into the you know whole nature of reality and stuff so um yeah but that's uh the conscious science club is uh part of simply divine or you can just join the conscious science club so um and as you get uh monthly um sessions with me you know group sessions um we talk about all sorts of things if you want if you love this stuff you'll love the conscious science club so um that's drmangia.com uh forward slash csc i like my uh, initials don't i <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, so drmangier.com slash CSC is the Conscious Science Club. Uh, now you can also check out Dr. Mangier at Facebook at Punk Science TV. Um, yeah. Your IG is Dr. Mangier? Yes, I think that's that, I think my Twitter and my IG is different. So um, the one on IG is Dr. Mangier, just one word. And there's no okay. dot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, thank you. Uh, I mean, I, I really wish I could talk to you more. When you know, my 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 mind just lit up when you. I mean, you know so much about trauma and how to how to heal the heal the brain from trauma. And and as a certified peer specialist and as a mental health advocate, that's kind of what I try and do is is help is is not only find answers for trauma, but you know, different ways of looking at um, trauma, right? And and if it is frequencies or 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 uh, you know everything that we talked about or just uh, trauma in the body that needs to be worked out. I mean, um, you seem, you, you know, you see, thank you for being on the show. I mean, what a, what a, what a uh, great resource to, uh, for the people of the, of the oddball show uh, to, to, you know, check out, I mean, uh, com. you got to check out this website. If, if, if you are interested, um, Dr. Mangier, are you, um, consultations and stuff you 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 uh you just do a zoom call and it's and then you guys talk for a little bit and and then you kind of figure out what's going on and and then you go from there um yeah that's basically it. it's it's it takes a long time about uh, two or three hours and with people um so, and it's all recorded and um you know then i follow up with people as well so it's it's quite a long in-depth process um so uh yeah and, and the, the best way to sorry the best way to get to the website is um uh really if you just put in punkscience.com and um so because all those different short links um are directing to that website <laughs> so um you'll find a lot of information there apart from the conscious science club one which is on a different site so um 
uh, said that you can only get through drmangia.com um, slash CSE. So, um, and then obviously the Facebook, um, the Punk Science TV, I'm going live every Wednesday on uh, Facebook, on the Punk Science page. On, so the Facebook have just changed. So it's now at, at Punk Science you go to, and that, that's how you find it. So it's got a new way of, of finding different pages. So um, so I'm going live, so you can you can see that. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to connect connect with me through my website about anything and um, through Facebook as well, I'm happy to um, answer questions and things. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, Dr. Mangier. Um, I hope we talk soon, and I hope you have a good rest of your night. Um, and um, everybody at the Oddball Show, please check out uh, Punk Science and DrMangier.com. Um, so I'll be right back with uh, closing off with a, a nice jagged thought. Normally we would do like a, a game or something. We, well, we could, I mean, we could do, I, well, let me just ask you real quick. What is your favorite book? <laughs> oh, gosh. My favorite book at the moment, gosh, is a uh, America BC by Barry Phil. Um, very, very fascinating. Um, so okay. that's what I'm reading at the moment. So I'm going to say that. <laughs> what is your favorite movie? Oh gosh, uh, the Punk Science movie, of course, which is in production. <laughs> <laughs> and your favorite band. My favorite band. Oh my God, I think it's Courtney Love's band. Um, oh, hole. Yeah, <laughs> I have to say that, yeah, but I just got so many. I mean, I can't even begin to. <laughs> so, what, and, what about you? Do you say that every every week? Yeah, I, I uh, let's see. My favorite, my favorite book is. Oh, geez, uh, I really like Catcher in the Rye a lot. It's a very good book. Right. My favorite, my favorite um, artist, my favorite musician, probably Leonard Cohen. Oh. Um, I like Henry Rollins a lot too as a poet, and um, I like Charles Bukowski a lot as a poet. Um, and then my favorite movie, uh, geez, I really like the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah. movies, um, just because I like Bruce Lee. Um, so usually I, I go with those. Um, so I usually, so that's yeah, that was it. That was the game. Usually it was more like a, uh, you know, oh actually. Um, Oh, hold on. Would you like to shout out anyone on the show? Would you like to say hi to anybody? Oh, gosh. <laughs> hi to everybody listening. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we usually, we usually ask who your favorite person is. And then finally, what is some advice you'd like to leave uh, um, people who are listening to the show for the first time who um, uh, have just life advice from Dr. Mangier real quick? I think tying everything we've been saying is like scientists and doctors and things, they sometimes say stuff that isn't necessarily the truth, but it's what's become enshrined in the textbooks. And if you can just open your mind to beyond that and going, oh, okay, maybe there's the actual way the universe is or the way your health is or anything is outside of what the dogma is. You know, that just just open your mind a little bit to that and think maybe they haven't got all the answers. <laughs> so. uh, thank you so much, Dr. Mangier. Um, check out drmangier.com and um, uh, thank you for being on the show. Um, uh, and uh, we'll be right back with a Jagged Thought. 
Hey there, all you mammals and Martians. This is Prof from The Oddball Show. If you've been tuning into our preposterous podcast and like what you've been hearing, why not pop over to iTunes and leave us a review? iTunes not your thing? Well, then come on over and follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Buzzsprout. Learn more about who we are at oddballmagazine.com and jplineproductions.com. Link up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us a tasteful yet inspiring postcard, or just give us a holler in your nearest CB radio, good buddy. On behalf of Jason Wright and myself, thanks for listening to The Oddball Show, and stay tuned. Thank you, Dr. Mangier, for being on the show. Um, it's always great to have someone like Dr. Mangier come on and um, and talk about uh, things like punk science and and, and uh, all the things that she talked about. It was just so incredible. And um, please, everybody, please go out and, and support Dr. Mangier. Uh, punk, science, uh, punk Science on Facebook, Conscious Science Club, drmangier.com. Um, and... Um, this uh, I'm gonna read uh, my jagged thought to close off the day. Um, it's called Jagged Thought 309 to the end. Listening to the focus realm, been like this since age 12. Whether hell or heaven is up or whatever, I stay down. Whether the storm till I almost burst. Wrote more poems down on paths than broken dads with beer belly laughs. Wrote with broken glass, traveling through my air pathways. Wrote on Sundays, Mondays, seen on Tuesdays. Wrote a one-act play and thought I was done. I wouldn't make it. Thought I couldn't take it. That the life I was leading was for the dead and gray. Or at least that's where I was going. Seemed that way. But meds and callous hands and books of pages turns of people listening and me learning that hurt is universal. It's a universal truth. And death is something that some choose, but not me. Peace to all that have been lost in this epidemic of miseducation and medication. Peace to my nephew who, in an act of desperation, took his life, left us all devastated. And peace to my sister, Andrea, who has to deal with that pain and everything that she's been through. I wish I could rewind time, talk truth to Mike once we never thought we'd lose. And it's almost been a year since we lost you. And I wish I could just call you and you could tell me about school or your girl or your job or a meeting you went to. I know, dude. I know. And I'm sorry. I wish you made it through. Wish I could have talked to you. Said, look at me, man. I'm doing it. I broke through. I know you looked up to me. I love you, dude. You were my nephew. You are my nephew. Gone too soon. Did you hear the news? Lost him too. Peace to my family. I miss you all. I love you here. Those that I can still reach out to. Dad, Mom, John, Amy, Andrew, Lisa, Obi, and my nephews, nieces, and friends. Threes to the end. Threes to the end. That poem was actually dedicated to um, my uh, my aunt who I, I lost. Um, I lost her um, three weeks ago. Uh, so to Judy Chance, uh, you know, rest in peace. And that was also a poem for my nephew, Michael, who I lost, um, my family lost many years ago. So two years ago to be exact and too soon, really. But um, yeah, this is, uh, that was uh, number 309. Um, uh, and the poem was called To the End. And this has been the Oddball Show. Um, so till then, uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, be good to each other and uh, take care. We'll see y'all soon. This is The Oddball Show, a podcasting collaboration from JP Line Productions and Oddball Magazine.
Hey there, all you mammals and Martians. This is Prof from The Oddball Show. If you've been tuning into our preposterous podcast and like what you've been hearing, why not pop over to iTunes and leave us a review? iTunes not your thing? Well, then come on over and follow us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Buzzsprout. Learn more about who we are at oddballmagazine.com and jplineproductions.com. Link up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us a tasteful yet inspiring postcard, or just give us a holler in your nearest CB radio, good buddy. On behalf of Jason Wright and myself, thanks for listening to The Oddball Show, and stay tuned.